When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are halfway through the fantasy season, and with that, you got to start thinking about you know the, the upcoming schedule, whether you're sitting pretty, whether you need to make some moves to get yourself in contention. We're going to be talking week nine buys and sells on this here TFA podcast. Before we jump into it, whether you're listening to us on podcast form or on the YouTube channel, please be sure to subscribe, rate and review if you're listening on podcast form. It really means a lot to us. You guys have been awesome this year. The uh, the engagement that we've been getting has just has been has been crazy. It's been uh it's been a lot of fun. So with that out of the way, Kev, why don't you go ahead and jump into uh, your your first buy for week nine? Who who are you feeling? Who's someone that you're going out and trying to acquire in fantasy leagues? All right, for me it's pretty simple. I typically don't like to buy quarterbacks because I, I'm much more of a proponent of streaming. But for me, I, I think that I, I think if there is some options out there that are that are viable. You know, last week I talked about Carson Wentz because of his playoff schedule. Now the quarterback I'm going to be talking about also has a fantastic playoff schedule, and so th- those are the guys I'm looking for. If you don't have Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. And that's probably the list. And if your your fear quarterback you have right now has an awful playoff schedule, then I would probably be looking to make a move right now and maybe sell that quarterback and then try to buy this quarterback. And and Lamar Jackson is the guy I'm talking about. Lamar Jackson certainly has regressed this year. Uh, we kind of knew it was coming with him, but it hasn't been you know the world's ending. He's he's still 11th in fantasy points per game. But when considering you probably drafted him in the second or third round, that's not what you were looking for. And that's why we always talk about not you know, wasting heavy draft capital on a quarterback. But with that being said, you know, a lot of the numbers are still there. He's still he's still running the ball at a pretty high rate. He's first in the league in carries, second in the league in carries per game, first in red zone carries, second in rushing yards, and then he is seventh in rushing touchdowns with two. Uh, the passing volume has been the problem, which is pretty similar to what it was last year. He wasn't great in the red zone line, or he he wasn't a quarterback who threw the ball at a higher rate, and he's not this year. He's only averaging 27.1 attempts per game, which is you know 27th in the league. He's 31st in pass plays per game, so that's really hurt him. And not to mention, the schedule has been pretty brutal for them so far. So far, if you go back and look, I mean, he only has three QB1 weeks this week in the seven games that he's played, so I, I think that's something people should take into consideration. Now, well, I say all that to say this, that if you look at the Ravens' schedule, especially the fantasy playoff schedule, it's fantastic. It's the Browns, the Jags, and the Giants. Like, that is fantasy goodness right there. And if you look at his upcoming schedule, even before that, the only tough matchup they really have the rest of the season against the Steelers, uh, and that is right before the fantasy playoffs start. But they have the Colts this week, the Patriots, the Titans, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Browns, the Jags, the Giants, 
and that that wraps up the season. So, and I, I think right now you could probably buy him for a decent price, certainly much less than what you would have, uh, you know, something like last year. So, if you can buy Lamar Jackson right now, I, I absolutely love doing that. The fantasy playoff schedule is absolutely amazing, and I think you probably look for him to to really kind of uh, elevate himself and get him back into you know where he was last year, and probably has a strong finish to the fantasy schedule. So, if you can buy Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't give up the house to do so. But you know, if you have a quarterback that has been outperforming, you know, like an Aaron Rodgers type or something like that, and offer him for, for Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson owner, I, I would be inclined to do so because if I can get a rushing quarterback with the ability that Lamar Jackson has, um, you know, I, I'm okay with doing so. So, yes, I am buying Lamar Jackson. I'm actually going to piggyback right off of that, and I'm going to talk about Mark Andrews uh, for a lot of the same reasons of what you were saying. Like, I originally I set out, to talk about Mark Andrews as like a contender buy, right? Like if you're already sitting pretty at seven and one, six and two, you have a strong team as is, and you can afford to, you know, kind of to have some of those weeks where he's not completely hitting because if you drafted him, you drafted him in the third round up until this point, he has three top three tight end weeks. He has one, tight end two week and his other three games he's actually been a tight end three like not great bob that is not what you drafted anybody in the third round for let alone a tight end whenever you can get so many of these guys later on after that but with like i said with, with mark andrews everything else like surrounding him is still looking good like i think he's fourth in target share among tight ends like fourth in air yards like all of those all of the opportunity numbers are still there for him you still believe in the talent. You were you were talking about the the fantasy playoff schedule he has. That's what I really like about him as well. Mark Andrews is somebody else who I I am definitely looking at. If uh, you know maybe if you have somebody that's overperformed, maybe if you could add to somebody like a you know a Robert Tanyan plus. See if you can kind of get to the get to the Mark Andrews owner if they are if they're frustrated if they're someone who you know isn't sitting pretty. If they're sitting at, you know, whatever, 500 right above, right below, if you can go and snag away Mark Andrews from him, that's something that uh, him or her, that's something I'd definitely be looking to do. No, I totally agree. And I also think that if you can buy Mar um, Marquise Brown, I would also look to do so. Like, I think this whole entire offense and on the pass catching side is something that I'm, I'm willing to invest in, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's Mark Andrews, or whether it's Marquise Brown. I think all, all, all three of those guys, I think, are terrific by lows right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump over to my next guy, and that is at the running back position. Now, I'm going to talk about David Montgomery. So if you look at David Montgomery, again, you know, it's kind of the theme of this show is, is this the schedule that they have coming up. The, the Bears have had a pretty rough go of it in terms of the schedule they, they face. I mean, they've had to face the, the Bucks, the Colts, the the Saints, the the Rams. You know, they've had some tough matchups in terms of uh, facing run defenses. But I'm going to be honest with you. Like, this schedule sets up pretty, pretty nice. So now that they get the Titans this week, the Vikings, the Packers, the Lions, the Texans. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Uh, the Vikings and the Jags to finish out the season. Like it is David Montgomery season coming right now. He is first in the league in broken tackles. If you look at his opportunity share, he ranks 11th right now among running backs. He's ninth in carries fourth in targets, which if you'd have told me heading into this year, that David Montgomery would be fourth in targets come week nine. I'd have fucking told you to get the fuck out of town. Cause you're lying. Okay. But, but right now he is since Tariq Cohen's been out. He is, he is being 
seeing a, a large number of targets. The, the problem is right now he is 25th in fantasy points per game, but a lot of that has to do with their schedule. So if you can get a running back like this, I think who's going to really pop off. He's a workhorse running back. He's somebody that's not going to take you uh, heavy. You know, somebody you're not going to go out and give up the farm for. So I do really like David Montgomery. I think his schedule is, is fantastic. Like I said, first in the league in broken tackles. He's eighth in evaded tackles. There's a lot to like here on the David Montgomery profile. It's just so typical 2020 that like last week, was the week that I was like, no, I, nope, nope, completely off David Montgomery. The matchup is not great. He's had this, he's had the smash matchups, and he has not performed. Then he goes out. He he looks really good against that against the the Saints defense. So that, that's just super typical. But I'm actually going to jump into another RB two ish kind of running back, someone who you're also not going to have to give up the farm to. And this is definitely somebody I would go after if you kind of went the the anchor RB approach in your draft where you just want, you know, kind of one stud running back and then waited at the position. And that is Philip Lindsay. Now Lindsay only has like 90 fewer rushing yards uh, than Melvin, than Melvin Gordon does on half of the carries. Yes. Lindsay has missed the, the two, uh, two more games and what Melvin Gordon has, but still like that is, that is bonkers that he has just 90 fewer rushing yards on half the carries. Uh, Gordon has 90. Philip Lindsay has 45. Uh, according to playerprofiler.com, Lindsay's true yards per carry, which is a, a metric that they use, is 5.7, which is second in the league. And Gordon is sitting at 3.9, which is 43rd. Lindsay is also seventh in yards created per touch. Gordon ranks 29th. Now, the only downfall to... Philip Lindsay's profile and why he's not someone that like I would like that I'm not like dying to go get, but I still think that there's a lot of value with him. Is it something he does lack is the the passing game involvement. He only has four targets all year, which is kind of you know you want to talk about the the difference between David Montgomery and Philip Lindsay. Lindsay only has the four targets, only two catches. He's only running about nine routes per game on average where Gordon is averaging 20. But like I said, Lindsay can easily provide RB2 value at like RB3 or possibly even cheaper prices going forward. So Philip Lindsay, like I said, is, is somebody I would target if you went that kind of stud and dud approach at the running back position during your draft. No, I agree. That is wild. And, you know, like you talk about with David Montgomery, it's it's he is fifth in receptions right now. He is seventh in receiving yards. And even more crazy is that he's eighth, or you know, he's excuse me, he's second among all running back in, in routes run. Second, like that—that th that was kind of the biggest uh, problem with um, David Montgomery heading into this year was going to be like he was not going to be used, utilized in the passing game, and we're getting that. And like I said, a lot of it has to do with that he struggled is because of the schedule that he's faced, and so um, he's also twelfth in the league in goal line carries. Like he's getting all the work, and now that they're going to get a much easier, lighter schedule the rest of the way. Like I think David Montgomery, yeah, and you could buy him pretty cheap right now. I think you could get him at a, probably a bargain basement price because he just hasn't performed that well. And I think people are probably getting tired of him. So I think you can really take advantage of some of your some uh, league mates, and they're going to come back cursing your name, and you know, in a month from now, whenever he's whenever he's crushing. So I love David Montgomery. So, anyways, uh, let's move on. Um, a couple other guys we've we've hit on. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Nick Chubb. We've said it now. I think for like three weeks in a row now. It's almost confirmed he's going to be back next week, week 10. 
So the boat, the, the window is probably closing. You're probably going to, I still don't think you're going to have to pay what you normally would pay for, you know, a top five running back to acquire them. But uh, it, the price is rising every single day, every week that goes by because he is definitely he's he's one hundred percent going to be back next week. Miles Sanders, same boat. They're on bye week. They're going to be back next week. I think you could acquire him for a little cheaper than what he. I think it's not a huge edge, but I'll talk about a running back that I think you could actually sell to acquire both of those guys. And I think even Aaron Jones is also probably probably an option in there. So if you you know running back, I think those are the guys you can look at. A wide receiver, Michael Thomas is the guy that I'm going to talk about. Michael Thomas, uh, people are done with Michael Thomas. Like everybody wants to trade him. People have been trying to trade him and move on from him. He returned to practice last week, which is good. And I think that he is probably going to play this week. They play the the Buccaneers on Sunday night football. I think you could probably expect for him to return this week. So again, I think you could probably get him much cheaper than what he probably is, should be going for because he's missed so much time. I think the fantasy owners just want to wash, wash their hands of him. And I just don't think he's going to cost as much to acquire as he typically would. Right. I mean, last year he was an absolute monster and I don't see any reason why he can't continue doing that once he comes back. So I, I think Michael Thomas is a great buy low right now or buying lower than what I think he typically would go for because, you know, last year, if you were to try to trade for Michael Thomas, you're going to have to give up a ton, you know, a war chest of assets to be able to acquire him. I don't think you're going to have to do that right now. I think you offer a wide receiver who is vastly outplaying, the, you know, maybe like a Robbie Anderson plus something, something like that, uh, where I think you could probably get somebody to do something like that. And so for me, if you can acquire Michael Thomas, and I've been seeing a lot of people, you know, with trades for Michael Thomas, whether they're trying to trade him or acquire him, I think he is somebody that you could easily move. I would love to say a guy like Zeke Elliott because Zeke Elliott, you could almost get for nothing right now, but I, I it's just so hard to trust that offense. So that's why I, I kind of went with Michael Thomas. Like I think Michael Thomas buying window is still open. I think after this weekend, it's going to be officially shut again, or you're going to have to pay a King's ransom to acquire him. So Again, I don't think you're going to be able to get Michael Thomas for free or much, much, uh, you know, significantly lower like you probably could have a couple of weeks ago. But as of right now, I still think that you could probably buy him for a pretty good price. The wide receiver that I have who is on the the absolute polar opposite of what Michael Thomas is, someone who doesn't have the name value, someone who definitely didn't have the draft capital, and that is Travis Fulgham. Now, whether or not you believe he's legit or hashtag good, that, that is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. This is what matters. Since he f- made his first start back in week four, he is tied for six in targets, six in catches. He's first in receiving yards. He's fifth in air yards. I think he's tied for first in in uh, in touchdowns with like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill with four. And the thing that matters the most, drum roll, please. He is wide receiver one in PPR scoring since, again, since week four. Now, he, he's because of what he has done, he's not going anywhere no matter who is healthy, no matter who comes back in that Philadelphia offense. I think the addition of Rager and Goddard and, you know, at some point, hopefully maybe Zach Ertz, I, all that helps him. His role is safe. He's not going anywhere. And you're not going to have to give up anything close to the level of production production of what he's giving you because of, you know, his name is Travis Fulgham and nobody knew who the hell he was four weeks ago. So this is uh, how we were talking about the, the Ravens kind of were buying that entire, that, that, that entire pass game. The, 
the Eagles are someone that we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks as well with how nicely their schedule is setting up the remainder of the year. So Fulgham, Goddard, Rager, Wentz, Sanders, I buy all of them because of uh, how, how nicely it's setting up for the rest of the season. Yeah, I really like the Eagles as a whole. I, I think their offense is uh, one that's going to really take off, and that's why I was so high on buying Carson Wentz, which I still am. I still think he could probably buy him, especially now that he had a bye week, or now he's on bye week, and he had a down week last week, or at least not as what people were expecting from him. So, I, again, I, I think Carson Wentz would be a guy. I think one other guy that I, I did want to mention I forgot about was Deontay Johnson, just really quickly. Um, he's been boom or bust. Week two, he had the 23.2. Week seven, he had the 29 fantasy points. But other than that, he's put up 9.7, 0.9, 0.8, and 1.6. So I think Deontay Johnson could probably be had pretty, pretty, I think maybe a wide receiver three or something like that might get the job done for people that have Deontay Johnson. People are getting fed up. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. With Deontay Johnson. And, you know, two of those games, week three and week five, that he left because of injury. He had the concussion, and then he got hurt in the other game. Now, last week against Baltimore, they're playing Baltimore, one of the best secondaries in all of football. I mean, the, the Steelers' offense as a whole did not look very good. They kind of got it going in the second half a little bit, but the defense really played a bigger part in that. If you can acquire Deontay Johnson again, I think you can buy him low, and I'm all about that because I think that over the second half of the season, you know, I, I think you can probably expect as long as he can stay healthy, some more big weeks coming his way. So I do really like Deontay Johnson, so. Um, I think that's all we have for the buy. So I think maybe you just want to jump over to the sells. Who is your first sell? Well, you kind of brought his name up in passing, and I'm going to talk about selling Zeke Elliott. Now, you're going to be selling low. There's no doubt about that. He's had two shitty weeks back-to-back. Danucci is starting again. They're going up against the Steelers this week. None of that sets up well. You're not going to get anywhere near the full value of what, you know, especially where you drafted him. But this is one of those scenarios where I'm willing to sell low, like almost whatever I could get. Now, obviously, if the, the you know you throw them out there on on your trade block, and the best offer you get back is you know fucking Ross Dwelly, you're like I'm not gonna go that far. But if you can get like seventy ish, sixty like sixty five percent return on you know wh- from where you drafted him, I, I'm I'm just willing to bail 
at this point. According to Sharp Football Stats and the what they look at for the, the actual defensive metrics for the rest of the season, the Cowboys have the hardest rush defense schedule the rest of the way. The easiest matchup they have is against the uh, the Bengals. I think they're at Cincy that week. And Cincy is actually giving up, only giving up the 13th most fantasy points per game to running back. So, like, it's not even like that. It's just like a a dream smash matchup. So, Zeke is someone I'm just willing to, to kind of bail on. And this is no matter whether you're you're sitting pretty or, you know, you drafted somebody like Zeke and let's say in the second round you came back and took – you know, uh, Kenyon Drake or somebody, and now you're kind of like trying to get scrappy and make your way into the playoffs. No matter what my my record is or the situation of my team, he's someone who I'd be willing to just you know take the loss on just to get rid of get rid of and get off my team and kind of move on and try and try and shake some things up and frankly just get better production in my running back spot. It's so tough too because like yeah, I think right now you can like you were saying like you can buy Zeke so low. And if you do like it, really, if you look at their schedule, like I was actually gonna think about putting them as a buy low this week, and then I go and look at their schedule, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> because they, they play the Steelers this week, as we know, that they play the Vikings, which I don't think that's a terrible matchup. I think you can run on the Vikings, especially now that they've gotten rid of Ngakwe. Um, but then after that, they have Washington, whose Washington has been great against the run, yeah. and they have the Ravens, who have now gotten just gotten better because they've acquired you know uh, defensive pieces, Bengals. That you mentioned, then the 49ers who have been really good against the run, despite then, all their losses, somehow they're still only giving up like the they're giving up like second fewest fantasy points per game with losing all the pieces they have. Yeah, and then they get the Eagles in the last week of the fantasy playoffs. So it's just not it's just not going to be easy sledding for Zeke Elliott, and this offense continues to look horrible. So I I can't do it. I can't. You know, I, I, the hard part is, is like, what are you going to be able to get for him? And I think that's the tough part. You know, maybe what you do is is go after like a guy who like David Montgomery. I actually think that you know you you go to the guy who has David Montgomery, and I actually think you could probably make that happen. Now, am I just doing David? I know it sounds crazy. I don't know people are going to be like, I, I'm sure guys in the comments is going to. Are you fucking kidding me? You're not giving up Zeke Elliott for fucking David Montgomery. But at this point, I mean. Like I like I think you probably get a little bit more than David Montgomery, probably David Montgomery plus maybe another piece. Like you're not getting like some right. some great move, but I think you could make that work. And I would much rather have David Montgomery at this point than Zeke Elliott because these matchups are so fucking awful for for Zeke Elliott. This offense has been so awful. So unless something crazy happens and Adam Andy Dalton comes back and all of a sudden because it could be Cooper Rush this week or it could be you know Danucci again. I don't fucking know, but this offense is gonna be terrible in their place in the Steelers. So I can't do it. So, anyways, for me, it's pretty simple. The guy I have on here as a sell is Adam Thielen. He's currently wide receiver 13 in fantasy points per game, but he really shouldn't be because right now he is 20th in the league in targets. He's 46th in the league in routes run. Like, it, it's just not good. And now that Justin Jefferson is becoming more and more involved in this offense, and this is a team that wants to run the football, right now this team ranks 32nd in the league in pass plays per game. Like, that is not good. And if you have somebody like Irv Smith who's becoming more involved and Justin Jefferson who's becoming more involved in this passing game, it's just not good news for Adam Thielen, and he's not going to see those steady, consistent targets that we're looking for. And if you look at the last couple of weeks, I mean – he had 14.1 against Atlanta week six, Green Bay, where they just dominated on the ground, 5.7. Against Houston and Seattle, he had 26.2, 29.3. So he's, he's had three really good weeks, uh, 29, 26, and 29. But 
I just think he's a he's a really solid buy candidate right now, just because with all these other options, with the fact that they don't really run the ball, he's like I said, he's 46th in routes run in the league, 20th in targets. Like it's just not what I'm looking for for my number one wide receiver. I think he's going to be too boom or bust, and I just don't think that's something that I would want to mess with. And I think you could actually get a pretty nice return for somebody like Adam Thielen, and so that that is why I, I have uh, that I am selling Adam Thielen right now. Yeah, it's kind of wild to to hear you lay some of those numbers out for somebody who's been performing the the way that he has. Uh, I'm going to throw out another kind of running back that I'm just willing to, to wash my hands of, and that is Leonard Fournette. Now, if you were watching the, the game on Monday, obviously after Ronald Jones coughed up that fumble, he was, he was effectively benched. I, I saw him in there for, for a couple of plays, but it really wasn't many. Uh, Fournette saw 51 snaps to, uh, to Rojo, 17. And I think this is the kind of like back and forth that we're just going to be dealing with all year. Like if, if Leonard Fournette comes out next week and he fumbles, it's going right back to Rojo. Or if wrote, if, uh, you know, Fournette misses a, a blitz pickup and Brady gets smacked around like that, it's, it's just going to keep going back and forth, back and forth. It's basically just going to be like if whoever isn't fucking up that week is the one who's going to get the touches. So I, I would I would just put him out on your on your trade block. Hopefully you have somebody who who hates you know Ronald Jones and thanks Leonard Fournette. Like if I would go back and see if you can find like in your chat of like up oh, Fournette's here, Rojo's done. You know, find find somebody like that who you know was was high on Fournette, low on Rojo, and see if you can flip him to 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 that owner and just get rid of that headache altogether. Like I said, outside of like a, a season-ending injury, I don't see any clarity coming to this situation at all. And these are the kind of the kind of situations where I'm basically just looking to completely avoid if I can. So if uh, if you can find someone who's willing to bite on that, I would be uh, I'd be trying to get rid of Leonard Fournette after what just happened on Monday night. Uh, for me, at the last time, I have two more running backs that I have on my list, and that is. One, I, see, this is not, I don't know what you're exactly going to be able to get for him, but I think Jonathan Taylor is somebody that, you know, maybe actively shop. Listen, Jonathan Taylor, I, I don't care. Like, he's been like the topic of, of, of fantasy Twitter all week. Uh, people, and as we know, um, I have behind closed doors, uh, talked about Jonathan Taylor and said that he is the next Trent Richardson. And I've said it. And, I'm going to say it again. Like, I'm saying it now. Like, uh, he, this guy looks like a fucking bust. And I don't care what people say about Trent Richardson anymore. Like, I'm so tired of hearing about Jonathan Taylor. And, oh, well, eight weeks is enough. And I get it. Eight or seven games isn't a ton. And I understand that. But eventually, you have to start looking at a player and say, okay, there's something wrong here. Whether you want to say it because of the fucking systems he's in, I don't give a shit. Like he he's in a committee. This is what this is what Frank Reich has always done, and but this is what people always talk about. And then I'm sorry, I know Cody, you're a dynasty guy, but I'm so sick and fucking tired of hearing about draft capital from people. Like draft capital ends this, the, the, once the season starts. Once they're drafted, who gives a fuck about where they're drafted? We see players all the time. That they get drafted in the first, the second, the third round. They, the teams end up dr- cutting the next season just because they were drafted in the second round. Doesn't mean that that's that, that we're just going to hold on to this guy forever. And it feels like to me and the dynasty community again. I'm not trying to trash the dynasty community that they hold on to players for too long. And it's oh, well, he he still has value and uh, blah blah. Like it's like right now, 
I'm sorry. That's not fucking disputable. James Robinson is a more valuable asset than what Jonathan Taylor is. I don't give a shit if it's in Dynasty or if it's in Redraft. It's ridiculous. The, the Jonathan James Robinson has produced on a terrible team, on a terrible offense, and it continues to produce. Now, people want to say, you know, oh, well, Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders, they're really similar players. You go back, let's look at Miles Sanders from last year. Fucking Miles Sanders was getting 11 touches a game. Jonathan Taylor is getting 18, 19 touches a game. The guys look terrible this year. He doesn't have any vision. He's not hitting any holes. Like, he looks like a terrible runner. Maybe it is the Wisconsin thing. Maybe he's just another Wisconsin running back that's not very good. And people need to, like, let it go. You know, let it go. Let it go. You know, like, just let it go. Like, like Jonathan Taylor is who he is right now. He's unstartable unless you're absolutely desperate because it's a committee and a hot, and you have to have the high handed approach, and that's it. So if you can move Jonathan Taylor, fucking move Jonathan Taylor, but don't hold on to him because the hope that maybe he actually does something. Like he's had good matchups. The Detroit matchup was one of the best, and I that, that he's had. And I know what people are going to say, well, uh, they said after the game he was a little nicked up. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. Like, come on. You know, the coach didn't know about it, but all of a sudden, apparently, you know, okay, fine, whatever. But he still looked like ass all year, okay? There's no denying it. At this point, he looks like he is a Jordan Howard-type running back, okay? I know he's tested better than that, but we've seen athletic running backs be able to do stuff like that and have never done anything. So get the fuck out of here with Jonathan Taylor. I don't want to fucking hear about it. Jonathan Taylor, to me, he's done. He's Trent Richardson. He's a more athletic Trent Richardson. And that's all I got to say about that. The other guy, actually, ironically, is James Robinson that I want to sell. Um, and that's not because of James Robinson, the talent. I want to sell James Robinson because of their upcoming schedule that they have. It is not good. They have the Ravens, uh, the Bears of the last two weeks of the fantasy schedule. They have the Steelers coming up. So they, the Browns, who have been good against the run. They have a really some really tough schedules uh, to really deal with. But James Robinson has been uh, amazing. I actually think you could probably sell him for quite a bit because he's really outproduced um, what anybody thought he was going to be able to do. He's, he's fifth in the league at fantasy points per game. He's number one in the league in opportunity share, eighth in targets, 11th in weighted opportunities. Like the dude's been legit. Like he, he's been really good in the face of an offense that's been so fucking bad. But with this schedule that they're going to have coming up, I think that he is somebody that I would look to sell high on. I think you could acquire a Miles Sanders, a Nick Chubb, an Aaron Jones type running back for James Robinson. I would much rather probably have those rest of season than James Robinson. I still think James Robinson has some good games in him. Uh, th this week against Houston is a great matchup. So with that being said, I think if you can sell high on James Robinson, I wouldn't hate that. One, we don't have time to get into the the, the dynasty discussion. We, we, we don't have time to open up that, that can of worms. But two, I would potentially think about holding James Robinson for like another two weeks because of how their schedule sets up. And then try and trade him, but but right now, if if you can get that that full return on James Robinson right now, I, I wouldn't hate that either. But you know, especially if you're fighting for points and you're trying to make your way up in the in the standings to to make that playoff push, they have the the Texans and the Packers next, and then they get the Steelers after that. So if you can hold on through these next two weeks before sending him off, that's that's I, I would look to do that. And speaking of the Steelers and someone you touched on as a buy, I'm going to talk about Chase Claypool as a sell. Now, if you missed the the the, the trade window from a couple of weeks ago, where you know Claypool went off, it was like forty something PPR points. 
The next week he had 18. The week after that was when he had just that complete dud. And then this past week, I think he had like 15 fantasy points. He he scored the uh, he scored a touchdown, had a, a handful of catches, like 50, 40 something yards. But anyway, the the trade window has opened back up. But something that I haven't seen a lot of people talking about is the is the is the rise of Juju back into the fold. If you look over the last three weeks, Juju leads the team in basically every every uh, every stat. You know, catches, yards, targets, whatever. The only thing, air yards, even the only thing that he doesn't lead in is touchdowns. Uh, we we've all seen the extent that Deontay gets involved whenever he's on. Last week was a was a was a down week for him. I think he only had like three targets, but he was second on the Steelers and in snap percentage. So that was just one of those kind of you know one of those weird weeks for him. But Deontay's obviously involved a bunch. Ebron has his moments where he's involved. If Juju's back to form, like I think it's just going to be really hard to to confidently plug in one of those guys and feel great about it on a week to week basis. So if someone, you know, if you can find someone who really wanted Claypool, you didn't trade him, I would go back to the the person who was, you know, who who was climbing up that tree, knocking at that door, trying to get Claypool off of you and see if you can get rid of him, get rid of him at this point. Because like I said, there's just gonna be the the proverbial, you know, the, the cliche, a lot of mouths to feed and this offense, and uh, I think a lot of that has to do with Juju, and apparent if, especially if he is coming back to form. Well, that is uh, that is going to do it this week for the uh, for the week nine buys and sells. If you are catching this uh, on Wednesday at all, we will be going live Wednesday night on YouTube. Uh, you know, nine forty five ish. Going to be going through. We're gonna try and do some some start sets for you guys, but you guys have just been absolutely crushing us in the uh, in the, in the comments with all your questions in a in a good way. So we'll be going live to get kind of get get you that that first look at you know maybe the Thursday games, answer some of your your waiver lineup decisions, trades, all that stuff. So please be sure to head over to our YouTube channel, just search for the Fantasy Authority, subscribe to us over there, and we will see you guys live on Wednesday. Talk to you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.